ask anybody's advice, for the very person he asked for advice might go back on him and let the government know about the letter. He had the letter buried under the floor, but that did no good. If he happened to see a person standing over the place, it'd give him the cold shivers and loaded him up with suspicions, and he would sit up that night till the town was as still and dark, and then he would sneak there and get it out and bury it in another place. Of course, people got to avoiding him and shaking their heads and whispering, because the way he was looking and acting, they judged he had killed somebody or done something terrible. They didn't know what, and if he had been a stranger, they would have lynched him. Well, as I was saying, it got so he couldn't stand it any longer. So he made up his mind to pull out for Washington, and just go to the President of the United States and make a clean breast of the whole thing, not keeping back an atom, and then fetch the letter out and lay it before the whole government and say, Now, there she is. Do with me what you're a mind to, though as heaven is my judge, I am an innocent man and not deserving of the full penalties of the law and leaving behind me a family that must starve and yet hadn't a thing to do with it, which is the whole truth and I can swear to it. So he did it. He had a little wee bit of steamboating and some stage coaching but all the rest of the way was horseback, and it took him three weeks to get to Washington. He saw lots of land and lots of villages and four cities. He was gone most eight weeks, and there never was such a proud man in the village as he when he got back. His travels made him the greatest man in all that region, and the most talked about, and people come from as much as thirty miles back in the country, and from over in the Illinois bottoms, too, just to look at him and there they'd stand and gawk, and he'd gabble. You never see anything like it. Well, there wasn't any way now to settle which was the greatest traveler. Some said it was Nat, some said it was Tom. Everybody allowed that Nat had seen the most longitude, but they had to give in that whatever Tom was short in longitude, he had made up in latitude and climate. It was about a standoff so both of them had to whoop up their dangerous adventures and try to get ahead that way. That bullet wound in Tom's leg was a tough thing for Nat Parsons to buck against, but he bucked the best he could, and at a disadvantage, too, for Tom didn't set still, as he ought done, to be fair, but always got up and sauntered around and worked his limp while Nat was painting up the adventure that he had in Washington. For Tom never let go that limp when his leg got well, practiced it nights at home, and kept it good as new right along. Nat's adventure was like this. I don't know how true it is, maybe he got it out of a paper or somewhere, but I will say this for him, that he did know how to tell it. He could make anybody's flesh crawl, and he turned pale and hold his breath when he told it, and sometimes women and girls got so faint they couldn't stick it out. Well, it was this way, as near as I can remember. He come a-lopin' into Washington, and put up his horse, and shoved out to the President's house with his letter, and they told him the President was up to the Capitol, and just going to start for Philadelphia. Not a minute to lose, if he wanted to catch him. Nat most dropped, it made him so sick. His horse was put up, and he didn't know what to do. But just then along comes a darky driving an old ramshackly hack, and he sees his chance. He rushes out and shouts, a half a dollar if you get me to the capital in half an hour, and a quarter extra if you do it in twenty minutes. Done, says the darky. 
Nat he jumped in and slammed the door, and away they went a-ripping and a-tearing over the roughest road a body ever see, and the racket of it was something awful. Nat passed his arms through the loop and hung on for life and death, but pretty soon the hack hit a rock and flew up in the air, and the bottom fell out, and when it come down Nat's feet was on the ground, and he see he was in the most desperate danger if he couldn't keep up with the hack. He was horrible scared, but he laid into his work for all he was worth, and hung tight to the arm loops and made his legs fairly fly. He yelled and shouted to the driver to stop, and so did the crowds along the street, for they could see his legs spinning along under the coach, and his head and shoulders bobbing inside through the windows. And he was in awful danger. But the more they all shouted, the more the nigger whooped and yelled and lashed the horses and shouted, "'Don't you fret! I's going to get you down time, boss. I's going to do it, sure!' For, you see, he thought they were all hurrying him up, and, of course, he couldn't hear.